It is Friday, September 11th. Before we begin, we remember the lives that were lost on this day 19 years ago. On this episode, here are the main headlines. A new study suggests that loss of sleep may impact how angry you get at frustrating circumstances. In fitness research, cutting calories have been linked to many health benefits, including a longer lifespan. But why? A new study shows how calorie intake may affect your core body temperature. Finally, when working on your goals, is competition against others always the better strategy over cooperation? New study using fitness trackers shed some light on this age-old question. To compete or to cooperate? New discoveries and innovations in science, politics, finance, and culture that direct the course of our future are reported daily in academic journals but rarely make it to the mainstream news. These research journals contain transformative ideas and discoveries from the sharpest minds around the world. In this podcast, we study the research papers and bring you the main ideas so you stay sharp and prepared to make timely and intelligent decisions. I'm your host, Daniel Fengon. Welcome to Tiger Minds. We begin today with a study that looked at the relationship of sleep and anger. When was the last time you were genuinely angry at someone or something, maybe just a sound, something you saw on TV, or that guy who cut you off on the freeway on the way to work? Something that totally pissed you off. Well, new research suggests that it may have something to do with your sleep. Anger is a basic emotion. While anger may in reality have some adaptive advantages, like motivating us to solve a problem or making us aware of injustice, they are generally considered to be a negative emotion. Some research has shown that individuals who are prone to anger correlate with those who are at high risk for car accidents, and feelings of anger frequently drive unhealthy or aggressive behaviors. And there has been significant efforts towards helping individuals with anger management. In this new research, the scientists tested whether and how sleep loss may directly impact anger, in particular, whether sleep loss amplifies anger. Sleep in itself is also complicated. The exact purpose of sleep still remains a mystery. There are clear experiences of feeling refreshed or energized after sleep, but scientists are still unclear what is the real purpose of sleep. Research has shown that sleep is essential for optimal psychological functions like memory, cognitive control, learning new skills, integration of emotional experiences, as well as at the physiological level, sleep has been shown to play a vital role in key functions such as growth and repair of cells and the body, thermoregulation, as well as toxin disposal from the brain. Yet it is still unknown the full extent of the impact of sleep on our emotional adaptability. So the real question is, does a person's sleep inform us about their anger? Previous studies have shown that people who are prone to feelings of anger aggression, and antisocial behavior do seem to have their sleep disturbed in either its duration, that is how long you sleep, or its continuity, how many cycles of sleep. For example, in a 2012 article in the journal Sleep Medicine, they reported that children and adolescents with poor sleep are at a higher risk for aggressive behavior. And it's important to note that these links of aggressive behavior could well extend into adulthood. In fact, in a 2004 paper, the scientists claimed that individuals who reported higher daytime sleepiness also reported higher anger. 
So in this study, the scientists hypothesized that following sleep loss or restricted sleep, exposure to an irritating stimulus will yield more intense anger than a less provoking stimulus. But how do you test anger in a laboratory setting? It is quite challenging since anger can be a subjective experience. So scientists did a field experiment in about 200 college students who were asked to track their sleep, their daily stressful events, and their anger over the course of a month through daily journal entries. The scientists analyzed these journal entries. The results showed that on days when they reported less sleep than usual for them, they reported experiencing more anger on those days. In addition to the college students, the research team also tested a similar experiment in local residents. And they tested the people who restricted their sleep for about five hours across two nights with an aversive stimulus, in other words, a negative experience. In this case, it was an irritating noise. And the results of this study showed that people who slept well were able to adapt to the noise and reported less anger in contrast to those who restricted their sleep to two to three hours a day or five hours across two nights. They showed increased anger to the negative experience, in this case, the irritating noise. People who would otherwise adapt to the irritating conditions if they had a full night rest with normal sleep cycles, when their sleep was restricted, these people showed a trend towards increased anger. They also looked at other covariates including age of the person, gender, and other traits, and this finding was still true. Losing a couple of hours of sleep each night across two days was sufficient to create relatively large differences in anger during aversive or frustrating conditions. Of course, the sample size of the tested group of individuals was rather small in this study, but the authors noted that the findings highlight the importance of considering specific emotional reactions such as anger and regulation of anger in the context of sleep deprivation. So next time having a moment of road rage and about to unleash your inner hulk, maybe go home and get some much needed sleep. Next, all fitness diets talk about calorie restriction. But does it really produce the health benefits that they talk about? But we all know that cutting calories is not an easy task. There are a lot of diets and lifestyles like intermittent fasting that are all centered around the same idea that you reduce the total amount of calories that you intake over the course of a day and importantly lifetime and this has health benefits. And calorie restriction has been linked to many health benefits ranging from a longer lifespan to lowering your chance of cardiovascular diseases and diabetes. So why is that? Why does a lower calorie intake result in better health? A new study from the Scripps Research Institute in Florida tries to answer this question by looking at calorie-restricted mice. The study reported in the journal Science Signaling showed that the way in which a low-calorie diet provides health benefits may be due to the way in which our body temperature is regulated. The goal of the study was to see how and why reducing the amount of calories leads to better health. Humans, like most mammals, are endothermic and can maintain our core body temperature by balancing the heat production and heat dissipation. When mammals consume less food, their body temperature drops. When the body temperature increases, more energy is required to maintain the different processes in the body. 
So lowering the temperature is a helpful way to conserve energy. For an animal in the wild, conserving energy is critical because they will have to wait until food is available again. And the scientists explain that this makes complete sense considering that up to half of what we eat every day is turned into energy simply to maintain our core body temperature. A similar result was reported by the Baltimore Longitudinal Study of Aging. They found that reduced body temperature was associated with longevity. Simply put, lower body temperature, longer lifespan. But there's also been studies that have shown that when your body temperature is prevented from dropping, it actually counteracts the positive effects of calorie restriction. So this is still an ongoing question. What really causes the health benefits? Is it the reduced calories by itself? Or is it the change in the body temperature that happens when a person consumes less food? Or maybe it is a combination of both things. In this new research, the team designed an experiment that would allow them to independently evaluate the effects of reduced nutrients as well as of core body temperature. What they did was for the test, they had two groups of mice. One group of mice were kept at room temperature in a cage that, has, uh, that was at 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 22 degrees Celsius. And then the other group of mice were kept in another cage that was housed at 86 degrees Fahrenheit, 30 degrees Celsius. And now both of these groups of mice were given the same calorie-restricted diet. So to test the hypothesis that whether it is the calorie restriction alone or it is a combination of that and the body heat or the body heat alone that causes health benefits. Now they waited. And then what they did was the team measured the chemicals that was released by the metabolism in the animals, metabolites, and tested what molecules are present in the bloodstream and the brain. So now the scientists can independently change the calories that they provide to these mice as well as the core body temperature. They can measure that and change it. And then they can measure the metabolites in the bloodstream and to see what is beneficial. And their results were quite interesting. Now they claim that the temperature has an equal or even greater effect than nutrients on metabolism during calorie restriction, which is pretty cool. The scientists found that calorie restriction certainly altered many metabolic pathways involved in energy expenditure as well as in the hypothalamus in the brain that could be seen as a health benefit, but this was exclusively for the mice that were housed at room temperature at 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So now you may be wondering what happened to the mice that had the higher core body temperature. So what they found was that these mice that were housed at 86 degrees Fahrenheit, even though there were metabolic changes associated with the calorie restriction, it almost counteracted the effects that were seen when the body temperature was at room temperature. In other words, they found almost 40% changes in the bloodstream and about 80% of changes in the brain were counteracted when the body temperature was kept really high. Really suggesting that it is the body temperature that causes health benefits. This research is very exciting and is headed towards developing future medicines that the team calls temperature mimetics, 
which could offer health-promoting effects without having to reduce body temperature. This research really points to the fact that calorie restriction does have a lot of value in providing health benefits, but really we need to consider that it is regulating body temperature, so less calories, lowering body temperature, increasing longevity, increasing lifespan. All right, switching from fitness of the body to fitness of the mind, let's talk about competition. Now, if you are working towards some sort of a self-improvement goal, which if you're listening to a Tiger Minds podcast where you learn about recent ideas and discoveries from the sharpest minds, you clearly have a self-improvement goal and care about the competition. Well, my shameless plug and jokes aside, a heavily researched topic in personal improvement is which is the best strategy for success. Is it competition against everyone? or cooperation with the rest. This has been a challenging research question since self-improvement can be quite subjective and difficult to quantify. For personal goals, it could be a relationship. For professional goals, it could be a promotion. For academic goals, it could be a test. For fitness goals, it could be different as well. So it's mostly been theoretical psychology studies, once again, difficult to measure these experiences. However, in a new research study, performed by a marketing team, the study was conducted to develop better marketing strategies for fitness-based devices and applications like Fitbit. So here's a great way to ask this question finally, because everyone using the Fitbit is using it for the same fitness goals. However, their strategies might be different. In a 2018 study, it was shown that over 78% of US adults used at least one fitness app. So, as you can imagine, there's a lot of interest from marketing teams to find out what works and what does not. And if you have used one of these devices, you know there are contests and competitions as well as things that require cooperation with others. So, for example, a competitive task would be who can run the most miles in a week versus a cooperative task is all participants of a particular group need to run a combined of 100 miles. And before we get into how Fitbit devices were used in this particular study to ask this specific question of competition versus cooperation, a quick definition of social interdependence theory. Social interdependence theory distinguishes two types of interdependence, competition and cooperation. In this paper published in the International Journal of Research and Marketing, the research team measured these two approaches of social interdependence using behavioral engagement, performance, well-being, and life satisfaction. Well-being is, in other words, is the end goal of the self-improvement chain. Behavioral engagement and performance are not necessarily just at the ends, but also could be improving along the way. Behavioral engagement, in other words, is the level of effort and attention that one puts in to carrying out an activity. So back to the main question, which social interdependence structure Competition versus cooperation exerts a relatively stronger influence on personal goal attainment. The result of the study was that competition, as expected, led to better performance at the end, as well as personal growth. However, cooperation with others was far superior when it comes to behavioral engagement and life satisfaction. So, to compete or to cooperate? According to this study, well, as our goals change, so will our strategies. 
And that's it for today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Minds podcast, where we bring you new ideas and discoveries on Mondays and Fridays. Please check the show notes for the research publications relevant to the topics we discussed today. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tiger Minds Podcast for episode previews. I'm Daniel Thengone. See you next time.